Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello to all my people, and if you're watching live, checking us out on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcast provider, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, but if not, we'll sprinkle in some champions, or you know, Jake Christ, so we can still get over. I'm your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be here on this journey, and tonight that journey is a very special guest. Joining me tonight is a former X Division champion. He is literally and figuratively lighting the wrestling world on fire. He's Jake Christ. Jake, thanks for coming on hey. Awesome Wrestling, man. How are you? Great. How are you, man? What a what an introduction. That was awesome. What a mouthful. Dude, I like it. I uh like you it's like you've done this a time or two. It's amazing. <laughs> I uh I try to sound as eloquent as possible because the rest of the time I'm just gonna fumble through it and sound like a mark who likes to talk about wrestling. So that's just all it ah, is. Oh man, that's what we all are, brother. I love it. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, something kind of fresh. It seems to be a, a hot topic for you, literally and figuratively. I'm going to say three things, and you can just give me your best current opinions on these things. The IWA Mid-South, Ian Rotten, and a certain set of title belts that were lit on fire. Yeah, uh, Ian owed me, uh, owed me some money. So... Um, Took him about a month to like actually get a uh, answer out of him for him to actually like, you know, talk to me. He ghosted me a few months or a few weeks. Um, you know, I, I uh, did a uh, a a Twitter post probably a week and a half, two weeks before I set both the IWA World and Junior Championships on fire. Um, but, uh, my opinion about IWA, um, I think, uh, they got great young talent. Um, but as far as Ian Rotten goes, uh, he's always kind of been a cancer in this, uh, business. And, uh, I'm a big believer that you give, uh, people second chances and, you know, that's exactly what I gave, uh, Ian. I believe that he was, uh, going to change. Like he, he said he was changing, to uh, be a positive uh, person that people could look up to this business. So uh, I, I gave them that chance. And then once he, um, I don't know, uh, backpedaled or uh, took that, uh, took that away from uh, the relationship that him and I had, I just knew that he was just going to continue to give me the runaround. So, you know, um, I, I, I'm a big believer in don't let uh, your kindness be weakness and don't let people take advantage of that. And that's exactly what uh, I let Ian do. There was a few shows that uh, I gave him my four, like forfeited my full pay to make sure the younger guys uh, got paid, got a little bit of extra money, you know, uh, in their pockets so they can, you know, get gas or get, you know, food on the road. So, like, there was a few times that I did that for him. There was a couple times I felt bad for him and just gave him my uh, payday because, you know, I, I, there was no fans there. And it just literally felt bad. And I was in a position in my life where, you know, maybe the pay didn't – I didn't need it as much. 
you know, fast forward, you know, now times is hard for anyone and everyone. And he owed me my house payment, literally my house payment. So, I mean, you know, I had to do what I had to do is, uh, in the rest of history. I, uh, he burnt that bridge. So I burned his belts. Uh, now that the unpleasantries are out of the way, let's talk about something a little bit more positive. Uh, you came up in the Midwest circuit of the independent region and cut your teeth there. Now that you've spent some time all over the country working and working with some bigger promotions, what are the biggest differences you see when you go territory to territory on the independent scene? Well, that's a, it's a great question. You could definitely, uh, down South, they like to be heckled and talked to, um, East coast, uh, where uh, where I cut my teeth in on the East Coast and combat zone and uh, a little bit of my uh, Ring of Honor days stints on the East Coast, you could literally set yourself on fire, pun intended, and not get a reaction, especially the CZW fans. So, like, they really, really put a bad taste in my mouth. Between you and I, the East Coast is the worst coast. The West Coast, well, that is the best coast. Um, <laughs> Midwest is always dope. because I, I think Midwest is the best uh, place to be uh, in the United States, not only as a fan, but as a wrestler as well. Because, I mean, take, for instance, Dayton. I'm in, I'm in Chicago, you know, five and a half, six hours. Uh, I can be in, like, Toronto at, like, seven or eight hours. Same thing with Philadelphia. So, I mean, literally, you can go anywhere and everywhere if you're like stationed and based out of Ohio. Um, so I recommend anyone that's uh, want to do this for a living and you're aspiring to do this, get your ass to the Midwest. Cause that's the best, that's the best place to be the West coast. It's cool and all, you know, I love going to LA. Uh, if I could, I'd make LA my home, but um, the, as far as wrestling, there's nothing out there. As far as the East Coast, I feel like there's nothing out there anymore either except for horrible fans. And I do mean horrible, horrible fans. You guys fucking suck. I'm going if it was up to me. <laughs> if it was up to me, I would never wrestle on the East Coast for the rest of my career. I recently had somebody from the business bring up not just the East Coast, but ECW in general. And he said that the ECW crowd ruined pro wrestling because of the way they handle themselves and the way he said they almost, uh, they've almost, you've, you've said it once before in reference to, to another person, but they almost became a cancer in the business because they didn't care anymore. They wanted guys to set themselves on fire or there just wasn't a pop. Do you feel like it, do you feel like the ECW crowd was kind of that shift on that East coast and what those fans specifically expected in that territory? You know, um, it, it could be, I mean, they did a lot of crazy things and it seemed like they, uh, pulled a lot of people that, uh, look like they should be wrestling, you know, in the crowd, you know, or like straight up out of the crowd, the wrestle in the ring. But I mean, like, there's ECW. I was a fan of ECW, you know, especially if you uh, actually got into like super crazy uh, Jerry Lynn, RVD, Tajiri, Rhino. You know, those guys were amazing. Even Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer was awesome wrestler, you know, but like, you know, then you got into like Sandman was never. You know, my thing, like to me, he looked like, you know, a, a fan that 
was literally sitting front row and thrown into a wrestling ring. Yeah, he can do some cool drunken flips, but I mean, the end of the day, it was, you know, it is, it is what it is. But I mean, I can't blame at all on ECW because ECW is the reason why I got into it. I looked at those guys and was like, I can totally do this. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, that's not for me to judge. But uh, as far as, you know, like I, I don't know if the business, in my mind, I wouldn't consider it ruined. I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even say it is ruined, you know, because I, I enjoy wrestling today and I enjoy, you know, watching matches, you know, from the 80s and 90s. You know, you go back any any further than that, it just kind of gets a little little bit too, you know, boring for me. But uh, that's that's just me. People may shit on me and hate me for that, but that's that's just, that's, you know, my personal beliefs. A lot of people say that that late 80s blend... Uh, towards the end of the golden era into the 90s and attitude era was when sports entertainment really took off as being the encompassing unit of professional wrestling. Do you feel like before that point, do you feel like there was ever a point where pro wrestling and sports entertainment weren't synonymous with each other? Um, no, even if you think of like the old WWF uh, commercials, I'm sorry, I didn't believe the F, the WWF, commercials um you would you would see them talk calling themselves you know uh sports entertainment you know titan sports the best in all sports entertainment or whatever that uh that uh shit was so i mean like i think sports entertainment wrestling always kind of gone hand in hand and i think just nowadays with you know uh i think that's just you know a thing that people want to i don't know uh try to stick in there and talk about and try to par off like, Oh, I'm sports entertainer. Oh no, I'm a wrestler. But my, like I'll tell you this, my first visa to Japan shocked the shit out of me when I got it back and it said entertainer. So I told everybody ever, ever since that day that I'm an entertainer. Cause that's, that's what it said on my visa going to Japan. So when you had a chance to work in Japan, did the fans react differently to an American style than they do the Japanese strong styles? Was there an, uh, like an adapting period for you, kind of climb, uh, acclimating to what the Japanese fans wanted to see? No, I uh, just always kind of uh, wrestled my own kind of style. Like it, The weird thing is, is I've kind of strived the, the 20 years that I've been doing this to uh, uh, kind of create my own style that would work anywhere and everywhere. Uh, in, in any part of the world, you know, kind of like uh, how Bruce Lee did with martial arts was, you know, I, has always kind of been my goal since day one. So I've always wanted to learn uh, the different styles. That's why if you really look at all the professional wrestlers, there's a lot of guys that talk shit and say that they do anything and everything. But I mean, like, do you really? Like, cause I really do death matches. I really do you know, wrestle Lucha Libre. I really do wrestle pure style. I could really do, you know, hard hitting strong style, like you just mentioned. So, I mean, like if you really, really think about it, I'm, I am uh, using a uh, wide brush when I paint the world of professional wrestling. When I say literally there is not a person out there that can do what I can do in the ring as far as, death matches, psychology, 
wrestling any kind of style. I mean, not trying to sound, you know, big headed or arrogant here. I'm just speaking the truth here. And it's, it's about time that the world uh, knows and that's exactly what I've been trying to do since day one. So as you rattle off the different styles you're comfortable in, do you feel like the psychology behind each match is different based on your opponent? If you know you've got somebody who is a luchador, are you going to adapt the story to fit his style and take your luchador styles to help him? In a death match, do you approach a death match different than you would a pure style? Uh, do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I approach every match uh, differently and unique. Because, um, again, you know, uh, one thing that I've always done uh, since day one is I've wrestled like it's going to be my last. Like, it's going to be my last match because you never know. Like, as morbid and as dark as this may sound, like the, the Born to Die Jay Chris just isn't a gimmick. I've, I've, I've you know, the, I've been living by that the whole time that i've been doing this so it's like i could i could be going home from a show you know get into a car accident lose my life that could be my last match that day and i always looked at it as me being a fan of like my favorite wrestlers when they passed away like eddie Guerrero, when he passed away he, he wrestled uh ken anderson so that was his last match was in WWE, so I went back in in the uh, uh, Minneapolis and I watched this match. You know, so I always kind of went back and thought of that. You know, because with Eddie Guerrero being my favorite wrestler, what if I'm somebody else's favorite wrestler out there? Like this might be my last match. You're always going to go back and watch your favorite's last match. St how it is? They want to they want to see how everything ended or. Or whatever it's just the, you know the curiosity of it all because i was curious so i'm gonna ask you a question yesterday i was told by somebody that the young guys in the business today aren't going up to the vets and asking for advice he was like if you want to be great in the business approach somebody who's paid their bills in the wrestling business do you feel like there's this been this disjointedness between this generation and the generation before now that you're 20 years into the business do you see a lot of the differences now versus even the late 90s when you came into it yeah there's a Huge, uh, huge difference. I came in in uh, 2001. Okay. And, um, you know, I guess it's, you know, close to late uh, 90s. But, yeah, 2001 uh, is a big difference. Um, back when I broke in, I would actually pull the veterans aside and I would, you know, ask them to go out of my way to uh, watch my match and uh, get their critiques. So, uh, of course, everybody wants to be told what they did good at, but like that wasn't my whole my whole premise or the you know, whole reasoning behind it. I wanted to get better. I want to be told what I I was done wrong. Versus nowadays, where guys just want to be told what they did right, and I get it. I I totally get it. But that's not how you get better. It's not how you get better at all. But, you know, and, and nowadays um, guys will just ask you like, hey, did you watch my match? No, you didn't ask me. Like, I'm not going to go like, why would I watch your match when when you didn't ask? So there's a lot of there's a lot of maybe uh, discommunication 
when it comes to uh, the younger and the older talent, maybe it's, you know, being intimidated, but I've always given anyone and everyone uh, straight up uh, honest critiques and advice if they want it. But like, I'm also not going to tell you what you've done amazingly. You know, I'll give you the compliment sandwich if, if that's what it takes. But I mean, it, it, it is a change, but I mean, it's it's also I feel like it's kind of changed for the better in some aspects too. Okay, um, so you spent some time in Impact Wrestling as the X Division champion. A lot of people see that as being the working man's division, the strongest workers in the you know, on the Impact uh, division. When you got that call and they were like, "Hey, you're getting the strap. You're the guy now." What was the first thing that came to mind? I couldn't believe it. I was I was also pulled aside and I was explained why and uh, the the explanation why was just I'll take that it, it was such such an amazing accomplishment in my career it uh, damn near uh, brought a tear to my eye especially the guy that uh, pulled me aside and was telling me that hey man this doesn't happen with uh, with guys up there you know they they recognize and realize that. Uh, you are a what you what you just described a working man, and you you bust your ass every time you're in the ring. So we want to award you. So when that was said to me, it was it was literally like a dream come true. I was pinching myself, like, is am I going to wake up anytime soon? And then when it actually happened, and I I got to wrestle uh, one of my best friends in, in the business, and Rich Swan, it was just the icing on the cake. I recently got to meet Rich at the Slammiversary weekend here in Nashville, and he was a fantastic dude, top to bottom. Absolute great guy. He's amazing. Love, love, love him. Love um, him to death. He, he was. I got to meet him and a couple of the uh, the other Impact guys, uh, and it was primo. All of them were just top notch. Uh, a couple more questions. I know you're at a, a baseball game for the family. Uh, ten times out of ten represent that. I'm a family man. Got a couple kids myself. I have to ask about Juggalo Championship Wrestling as somebody who grew up as an ICP fan. Um, what was it like working with Juggalo Championship Wrestling? I love being a ring rider. I was ring rider red and it was, it was awesome. Uh, it was a dream come true because I was a Juggalo kid. I loved ICP ever since I was uh, 14 years old when I found out that they came and wrestled at ECW and then they went to, you know, WCW and then WWF or was it the other way around? I can't remember. It may have been WCW last. I think WCW was last, but uh, yeah, like I was a huge, huge juggalo uh, loved, loved ICP. So when I got to, actually uh, work with them and i actually got to be a clown on stage and throw fago at uh two of the gatherings so that was uh that was pretty uh pretty fun and cool in its own self but uh wrestling for the clowns was always awesome uh they gave me a bonus violent j gave me a bonus once said that was a uh one of the best matches i've ever seen him uh live if not the best match I've ever seen live. And he gave me an extra hundred bucks and said I could pick out a, a t-shirt and have uh, the new CD that came out. I think it was a uh, mighty death pop. Nice. All right, Jake, I close all of my interviews with five rapid fire questions. Some with wrestling, some without, I got yours queued up. You ready to roll? Let's do it. All right. What is your favorite movie? Ooh, 
Pulp Fiction. That's a great one. Top five for me. Uh, favorite match that you've had in your career? If you have one. Man, off the top of my head, Rich Swan, uh, X Division title, uh, beating him in Canada. That was awesome. What's your favorite city? LA. What's your favorite food? Tacos. I love tacos. Always tacos. I have a ta- <laughs> I have a taco tattooed on my wrist. Yeah. Uh, what is the your favorite finisher that isn't yours? Oh, uh, the sharpshooter. Absolutely, one of mine. Uh, Jake, this is my favorite part of every episode. I get to ask you to plug your stuff and tell everybody what you have going on in the near future for them. This weekend, um, uh, top to bottom, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two uh, two shows in Detroit, then Sunday in Louisville. Uh, hit me up on my socials, uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at the Jake Christ, Facebook, Jake Christ. Excellent, Jake. I appreciate you stopping by and chatting about some wrestling with me, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Fox Spots and Share Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Share Shots on all platforms to make sure we're getting here on Fox Spots and Share Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Share Shots. Check. Savage!